The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Simply Safe Home Security. 24-7 professional monitoring is just 15 bucks a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash report to get 10% off your system or pick it up today at your local Best Buy. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I want to welcome members of our armed forces who are joining us over the internet today, as well as listeners tuning in on affiliate radio stations across all 50 states. Thank you for your many letters, cards, and emails, and for making us part of your Newsweek. In just a moment, 42nd Vice President of the United States and former Senator from Minnesota, Walter Mondale, will be joining the program to talk about a comparison that many historians are making between the challenges Carter and Mondale faced with their fellow Democrats in Congress and the current administration's difficulties getting GOP congressional support. How was Vice President Mondale able to bring his party together while also engendering bipartisan support? We're going to find out during this next hour and see whether Mondale has any advice to offer Vice President Pence. But before Mr. Mondale joins us, as is my custom each week, let me tell you a little about his background. Walter Frederick Mondale was born in Minnesota and earned his undergraduate and law degrees from the University of Minnesota. Between those degrees, Mondale served in the United States Army, and upon graduation, he practiced law for four years before entering politics. In 1960, Mondale was appointed Minnesota Attorney General. Four years later, the governor of Minnesota tapped Mondale to fill Hubert Humphrey's Senate seat. Mondale served in the Senate until 1977 when he was elected vice president in the Carter administration. Under Mondale, the role of the vice president changed from figurehead to an active presidential advisor, troubleshooter, and advocate for presidential policies and initiatives. And that tradition continues today. I want to add that Mr. Mondale's career extended far beyond his tenure as vice president. He was the first presidential candidate to choose a female running mate in 1984 and also served as our nation's ambassador to Japan in the Clinton administration and on the executive committee of the Nobel Peace Prize Forum, along with continuing to remain active in U.S. politics. It's my pleasure to welcome to the program our nation's 42nd vice president, Mr. Walter Mondale. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Mondale. Good morning, and thank you for having me on your program. Now, you have been credited with reshaping the office of the vice president in many ways, not the least of which was the true partnership you had with President Carter. You even took an office in the West Wing, which prior to that time was not customary. Is that right? Yes, the the problem with the vice presidency from almost the beginning of our nation was that it was a standby office. It was a member of the exec, executive branch and the, and the congressional branch, but neither thought he was attached to either one. So, you know, my old friend Hubert Humphrey was vice president under... Lyndon Johnson. I've always thought it would have been better if he hadn't taken that job. But it's typical of what happened to him. He was, here's this great congressional leader, was marginalized, uh, set off to the corner. Uh, when he wrote a memo to the president saying he thought the war in Vietnam was a mistake, uh, the president basically benched him for months at a time, and um, he uh, he was not welcomed uh, by the president to meet with him when he wanted to. He didn't have any much of any inside information. It was really a sad, damn thing. And he was, 
I think, humiliated. And in his book, his memoirs, he says as much. So I met with him before uh, I decided to uh, uh, talk to Carter about being his vice president. And, you know, he, he recommended that I take it. But I, I wanted to be sure from Carter before I did that I wouldn't be, a, you know, standby equipment, that I wouldn't be humiliated, that I wouldn't be wasting my, my time there, wouldn't be giving up the Senate, which I loved, for something that was um, uh, basically nothing. Uh, Carter and I, uh, I, t- I reported all this to Carter. And this was before, of course, we were in office. We talked for a couple hours about uh, how we might change this to make it a meaningful office and an office that helped the president more. And what what happened was, in our public record, we, we so-called executivized the office. We said the vice president was now, uh, uh, of course, he presides over the Senate when needed, but he basically works with the president to get help the president get his job done. Um, and in order to do that, I needed all the basic inside information, classified and otherwise, that the president had. I need to be able to talk to the key central people and be accepted as a principal in so doing. And I, I um, turned down all other jobs. I said I didn't want to do anything that someone else was already doing. I wanted to work, be free to work with the president here, around the country, and abroad. And that's, that's what we came up with. And Carter was a central figure in shaping this agreement, by the way. It wasn't just me, although I was involved. And that the outlines of that agreement, the details changed. The outlines of that agreement have have really changed the vice president into some, an office that people didn't want, into an office that many people want, and where a vice president can really help a president. And I think that's now known to the public. Well, I think it's important that you brought up the fact that the vice president can really help the president. Uh, At the time that you and Carter uh, occupied the office, uh, his fiscal austerity and energy policies were very unpopular with his own party. In fact, I think it's fair to say the Democratic Party was divided on Carter's agenda at that time. And you played a big role in bringing Democrats together and getting bipartisan support. Could you speak to that for just a moment? Well, let's say God bless Jimmy Carter, you know. Uh, most politicians just right, like want to work on the easy stuff. Carter, you know, I think if anything, he wanted to take the tough thing, he wanted to solve problems that he knew were at the center of our nation's challenges, and he'd take care of the politics later. He, he was a politician. He wanted to be popular, but he also wanted to be challenged by this tough stuff. And as you said, he... He uh, he got into issues like the the severe budget problems, the inflation that was building uh, and had been building since uh, the Ford years, and um, he um, he did that. You know, he, five presidents have tried to get a, a Panama Canal treaty. They all knew it was necessary. But we, they all failed, and we, we succeeded. And uh, I would say, and there's a long uh, list of legislative accomplishments. I think. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because he oh, did no, not it, have it was, Democratic support for many of the things he wanted to do. No, it was really tough. Let's take the Panama Canal Treaty. That, the public polls show that the public was opposed to it. Um, we, uh, I had to go up on the Hill in the Senate and work with old friends there and try to get them to take a leap and help us get the Panama Canal Treaty adopted. Uh, four or five senators probably lost their jobs in the next election because the public resented their support of the treaty, but we got it done. And uh, it's made a real difference. It's not evident, I think, to many, but it's changed the tone of U.S.-Latin American relationships. Uh, 
the Panama Canal Treaty has been very successful. Absolutely. Uh, no no question about it. Unfortunately, yeah. we have to go to a, a break, but I do okay. want to point out it was the time that you spent on the Hill that got that treaty through. And uh, you're a modest individual and may not take credit for that, but I know better as a student of history. We'll be right back with more from Walter Mondale. You're listening to the Costa Report. I'm here today with Scott Caraccioli of Caraccioli Cellars, whose Brut Cuvée is winning wine awards faster than we can name them. What is it about Caraccioli's Brut Cuvée that sets it apart from others? I really think it comes down to both process and the fruit. Uh, we're in a ideal location to grow Chardonnay and Pinot Noir and being able to harvest that at optimal pick points in Monterey County where you have a climate and soils that produce these grapes in the best way possible. Pulling them earlier on, you still get a lot of fruit expression, but you get a lot of acidity, which gives you the opportunity to make killer sparkling wine. And our Brut, being our flagship wine, has everything that's possible when it comes to sparkling wine. You can order any of our products directly from us by visiting our website at caracciolicellars.com or calling the tasting room directly, 831-622-7722. Hi, I'm Joan London with A Place for Mom. Over the years, we've helped thousands of families find senior care, and today's senior living communities have never been better. With amazing amenities like movie theaters, exercise rooms and swimming pools, public cafes, bars and bistros, even pet care services. And nobody understands your options like the advisors at A Place for Mom. These are local expert advisors that will partner with you to find the perfect place and determine the right level of care, whether that's just a helping hand or full-time memory care. Best of all, it's a free service. Call today. A place for mom. You know your family. We know senior living. Together, we'll make the right choice. Call A Place for Mom right now to get our free ebook on financing senior care as well as a free referral for senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-806-8572. That's 1-800-806-8572. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 a.m. to give dad his medicine. At 6 a.m. I make his breakfast. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. to give Dad his medicine. At 6 a.m., I make his breakfast. At 7 a.m., I shower. I start laundry at 8. At 10, we go for a walk. Every day, I wake up at 5 a.m. For those dealing with the daily struggles of caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community with experts and other caregivers for advice, tips, and support. Together, let's help each other better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I am done with my mattress. That's right. I'm not spending another night on this old bag. My new mattress comes today, and this thing is out of here. Bye-bye, Mattress. Yep, bye-bye, Mattress. So says you and about a thousand other people every day. And that's a lot of old mattresses with no place to go. There's the landfill, of course, where they just take up space. But what a waste. Because you could send it to a mattress recycler, where old mattresses get broken down into steel, foam, wood, and fiber that become new steel, carpet padding, home insulation, garden mulch, biomass fuel, locomotive oil filters, and all kinds of other great stuff. So Bye Bye Mattress is right. But don't toss it. Recycle it. It's easy. And it's free. To find a mattress recycler in your area, visit ByeByeMattress.com. to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and my guest today is Vice President Walter Mondale. And before the break, you were pointing out that by working as a team and by establishing an understanding ahead of time that you were not interested in being a figurehead vice president, 
you and President Carter were able to get some difficult initiatives, such as the Panama Treaty and needed budget cuts through Congress. Now, many people are making a comparison between Trump's issues in getting his own party in Congress on board and the challenges that you and Carter faced. One difference, of course, being how you played a much more active role than Pence seems to be. So what can Vice President Pence do to help the president get his agenda through his own party and also develop some bipartisan support? You know, that's a very good question. I'm not exactly sure what Pence is doing. You know, I watch the news like you do. It looks to me like he's... He is working closely with the president. He looks like he's got the confidence of the president. But whether he's digging in on these tough issues or whether he's going up on the Hill and the Congress, so on, to assemble the strength that's needed to pass basic measures, I'm, I'm less sure of that. Maybe true, but it doesn't look like it from here. Um, the uh, the other thing is I think they need to get really solid thinking uh, to develop issues that the country needs and um, gain support because it's the right thing to do. And that's where I think there's a real problem here. Uh, Trump, uh, well, yesterday he was talking about war with North Korea. Um uh, He's talking about a tax cut without saying what it is. He wants to get rid of rid of Obamacare and put 20 million people uh, beyond the reach of health care. I mean, these sort of things really um, uh, rattle people. And so I think it's a basic problem we didn't have, a basic problem that, that from the president down, they're not working carefully on these questions before they take them publicly. So you'd like to see them work on the details before they go public with these statements? Is is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't see. You know, it may be going on, but I don't see it. And mm-hmm. the positions that they're taking, I think, are uh, are ridiculous. Um, how are you going to throw twenty million people off their health care? How are you going to cut taxes, basically for the rich? and not for others. How are you going to afford that with a budget that's already tight? There's a lot of tough questions like that that a president and his vice president have to answer first and get a solid answer to it before they take it to the public. They're not doing that, I don't mm-hmm. think. Now, another similarity between the two administrations is the issue of uh, nuclear weaponry. This was a subject that you and President Carter were deeply concerned with and which has recently come back to roost as North Korea defies all sanctions and warnings and and is now firing test missiles over Japan where you were an ambassador. I'm I'm sure you heard the president's recent comments at the United Nations regarding North Korea. Do you agree that we may have to take military action at some point? Um, I hope not. president or the leader of uh, North Korea is crazy. Uh, he does have nuclear weapons. But we're making is- some crazy statements. I mean, we're oh, saying yeah. we, we will obliterate North Korea. I believe that was the language oh, yeah. this morning. No, this is this is just, uh, I think it's playing right in the hands of our enemies. We need to get China and especially, but some other countries in there, uh, trying to put pressure on North Korea diplomatically and in other ways with uh, uh, restraints on trade and so on in order, to, hopefully, to get a more sensible North Korean policy. And then we got to go in there and, and work out an arrangement. If we, none of this may be possible, but we should be seen by the world as trying to do the sensible thing. The last thing you can do, the last thing we should ever, ever do, and is the, try to use nuclear weapons. We, you could destroy us all. Uh, you know, the famous um, nuclear threat in Cuba many years ago, but we came maybe a minute or two away from uh, their using the Russian-Soviet missiles and answering we could have killed millions of people there, millions, millions of Americans. And this is, this is not just another weapon. Nuclear weapons are... 
fatal, profound, horrible, world-changing threats, and we ought to see them as such. But can you negotiate with crazy? I mean, we we keep talking about sanctions. They have not worked, and we keep escalating... We keep escalating uh, sanctions as well. And the fact yeah. is, China has increased their exports to North Korea 40% since the first part of the year. So I don't really see evidence that China is nope. is helping. I'm just looking at, I'm a data head, Mr. Mondale, and I'm looking at the data, and it's, that, not looking, and it's not looking good. And I'm not saying it's looking good. I think it's looking tough. And um, and I don't know that anybody has the answers, but I think that we should be working to try to press China and these other things now. We should be very careful about our rhetoric. Let's remember that our allies, Japan and Korea, are there. And, and if a nuclear war would break out, they could be uh, horribly damaged by it. So uh, we should be seen to be on the positive side we have talked with Korea in the past, but it was under other leaders, his uh, father and grandfather. I don't know how it worked with this guy. We should try. Well, I agree we should try, but, you know, we rely so much on economic sanctions where Russia, North Korea, Syria, everybody's concerned, and it's almost as though we're moving toward an era where economic sanctions don't do what they used to do, and we don't have any new tricks and uh, and I really wonder is is it in China's best interest to help us? I think so. I think that uh, if we can avoid the use of nuclear weapons over there, and we must, China's going to be much better off. And if they work with us, I think we've got a better chance of achieving that. Yeah. Um, so so they, you you do still believe you, you believe our diplomatic efforts are not tapped out. No, I I don't know this, but we're not. There's practically no diplomacy going on now that I can see with North Korea, and and we need to get something started if we can. So, who is talking to North Korea? Is it the Chinese only at this point? <clears throat> Chinese are talking to them. Russians yeah. are better talking to them. I don't think we're talking to them at all. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if and we can rein in crazy. Maybe. You use the word crazy. I think you're right. I, I think that we, we yeah. what we have is a crazy leader in there. You know, anybody who's ever had an argument with a drunk knows what that's like. <laughs> you can't use logic. <laughs> oh, no. no it's, um, it's very troubling. It is. It is very troubling. Well, we have to take another scheduled intermission, but stay tuned. We'll be right back after these important messages from today's sponsors. You're listening to the Costa Report. something shocking from an FBI report recently. Do you know what the average property loss is from just one home break-in? $2,316. Think of it. One burglary. Over $2,000. If you tally up all the burglaries in this country, it's worse. The total loss is in the billions. It's as important as ever to protect your home. Try it with Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe protects every door and window in your home. This system is completely wireless, so you can set it up yourself without drilling holes in your wall. And you have professional alarm monitoring around the clock ready to send the police. Just $15 a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash report and get a special 10% discount when you order today. Or if you want the security system right away, visit your local Best Buy. You can have your home protected by tonight. That's simplysafe.com slash report for 10% off. Simplysafe.com slash report. I'm Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. 
F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Women now make up 37% of the workforce, changing their role forever. Harvard Medical School has now opened its doors to new female applicants. The first woman is now in space. The majority of last year's doctorate degrees were earned by women. We've come so far, but our news is changing for the worse. More women die from heart disease and stroke than men, even though it can be prevented. Make a change at GoRedForWomen.org today. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the American Heart Association's Go Red for Women. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first, name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops, the rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and you left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But two minutes twice a day, making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. Psst. Yeah, you. It's me. Your heart. Listen to me. We've got to talk. High blood pressure is serious. And yours? Whoa. What happened to us? We used to be so much more active. But lately, you've been ignoring me. I know you think I'm just going to keep ticking away forever. But you're wrong. You can do so much more to control your high blood pressure. Doing the minimum isn't doing enough. I'm under a lot of pressure and can quit whenever I want. Bet you didn't know that. But I like my job. Just treat me better. Check on me. Give me something green to nibble on every once in a while. And maybe we can do some exercise on occasion. Let's get to it. After all, we're in this together. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, my guest today is Walter Mondale. Now, switching gears from North Korea for just a moment, during your time as vice president, you dealt with the then-Soviet Union when they invaded Afghanistan. And it seems as if our relationship has been on a roller coaster since the end of the Cold War. First, we had issues with Afghanistan and now Syria and elsewhere. And um, I, I have to ask you, what can Trump and Pence do to normalize relations with Russia again? What, what advice could you give them? Well, um, let me ask you a question. What is Trump's relationship with the Russians? Well, that what wouldn't be they... a question I could answer. I think Mueller's working well, on that. <laughs> well, we, got, we just had an election where Whatever the details, Russia was clearly involved internally here, trying to rig the election for uh, against uh, uh, Hillary Clinton, and he, um, I think the Putin went way out of what was should be acceptable, got involved with fake news, with other kinds of tricks you can play with all kinds of false prophets, and they were pounding away at Clinton every day with information, with false information, using uh, using uh, electronics in uh, outrageous ways. And they may have, they, I don't know if they defeated her, but they sure hurt her a lot. And we cannot have American elections that allow foreigners to come in and influence the out our our founders raised that as an issue when we were created as a nation they never wanted it to be possible for outsiders to run for office or to influence who we voted for office and yet here we have this big issue of what the soviet what the russians did 
what Putin did to pick our candidates. Boy, we better get this straightened out. We better make sure the law clearly prohibits it and that the law is enforceable in the future. This is this tough issue. Well, we clearly know from our intelligence that Putin and the Russian government were involved in meddling in our 2016 election. What is unknown is uh, Trump or his advisors' uh, uh, involvement in that. Uh, so, yes, you know, just staying to the facts of Russia's involvement, which we can prove, what should our response be? I mean, what do we do about that? Well, I, I think the fact that we have this uh, impartial intelligence uh, committee uh, investigating what happened there, we've got the intelligence committee in the Senate, which is very good, trying to be helpful and pushing away. So I think things are happening to, to try to get to the facts and try to help us understand, and maybe there'll be a good report issued following their, their efforts to make, make us well aware of what I think is a severe risk to um, the independence of the American electoral system. In my mind, they're two separate things, or maybe I have this wrong. In my mind, uh, Trump and his uh, cabinet or advisors' involvement with Russia is one issue. Uh, and But the fact that Russia did interfere, we know for, uh, we know we have evidence and we can prove. I guess my question yes, is, what do we do about that? Uh, I mean, what, is it, do uh, we retaliate? Do we interfere with well, their I election? Think, I, I mean, think, how do we deal with that? First thing we got to do is find out exactly what happened. And uh, that's what the Mueller investigation is all about. Mm -hmm. We have to make certain that we're all cooperating to give him the information that he's demanded. I, I think that's going to happen, but I, I'm not so sure yet. Uh, um, and if, I don't know what's going on there except what I read in the paper. But we made, that's, that's the one way that Americans can find out what actually happened in a way that's uh, credible. If yes. the politicians are just hollering at each other, you take your choice. But if this committee commission comes out with a careful, balanced, detailed um, uh, a group, uh, a report, that can help a lot. Uh, ditto on the work with the Senate Intelligence Committee. That can help a lot. Then we may need, when it comes out, we may need new laws that anticipate these problems and provide uh, law enforcement and other protections against these abuses. Uh, I don't know what that'd be now. I don't know how you can tell until the report, report comes out, but right. um, th there we are. Right. I guess what you're saying is once that report comes out, it may lead to additional safeguards that we can take to protect yep. our election because our election is our democracy. We don't can't protect our election process. We can't protect the American democracy. So it may hopefully it will uh, give us some pointers on uh, laws yeah. and that's, even that's technologies that we can use. Politics and, and give us a roadmap about exactly what happened and maybe some suggestions about what we should do about it. There may be some people that are in personal uh, legal problems here. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't know who that might be, who, who those persons might be, but I'll bet, I'll bet you some of them are in trouble in, um, in deeper senses here. Well, we will soon find out. I'm afraid we are almost out of time, but before we let you go, is there a place where listeners can go to stay current on your opinions and work? Do you have a website or... Some such? I'm not very good at this high-tech stuff. 612-340-6306. Okay, there we go. That's how you reach Walter Mondale. And that is all the time that we've got. So uh, let me take this opportunity to thank you for your service to our country and thank you for joining us today, Vice President Mondale. Did you just talk to Clarence Mitchell? I did. I did indeed. <laughs> He's an old buddy. 
Yeah, yes, he is, and 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 what a uh, smart and sharp wit! I I really had to put my running pants on to stay ahead. <laughs> Eva, thank you very very much. Thank you, Vice President. We've been talking today with former Vice President Walter Mondale about how important it is for both parties to work together for the greater good of the country. And speaking of working together, I want to tell you how proud I am of our producers who work tirelessly to look for sponsors who believe in their products so much that they're willing to let listeners of the Costa Report try out their products for themselves at no cost. But before we accept these sponsors, they have to pass the Rebecca Costa test. I have to try out the product for myself before I'm willing to be associated with it. But in this particular case, I turned to my son, Matthew. And here's a true story for you. The other day, Matthew, who you've heard me mention on this program before, stopped by on his way to work, and I noticed there was something different about him. He looked refreshed and groomed and healthy, and I just had to ask him. And what he told me took me by complete surprise. He said, Mom, I started using those Harry's razors you got for me. I use them every day now. Now, the reason I'm sharing this story with you is because there really are some things you cannot tell a person about, like the smooth glide and ultra-close shave you get with a Harry's five-blade razor. These are things you have got to experience firsthand. But once you do, you're going to join my son Matthew and over three million people who have switched to Harry's razor. In fact, Harry's is so confident you'll love the feel and look of your shave. They're offering listeners of the Costa Report a free trial. Just go to harrys.com slash Costa to get your ergonomically designed razor handle, five precision blades, shaving gel, and travel blade cover. And all you pay for is shipping. So do it right now. That's harrys.com slash Costa, C-O-S-T-A, to get your free trial razor, blades, gel, and blade cover. Remember, put in that slash Costa to get the complete razor kit at no cost. We have to take another short break. And when we come back, I'll tell you why I agree with historians who are comparing Pence and Trump's challenges to those of Mondale and Carter. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Costa Report. If you're a fan of big ideas and thinking, then you're going to want to sink your teeth into On the Verge. Jim Lair, John Scully, Alan Dershowitz, and dozens of business and government leaders from the full political spectrum have given On the Verge their highest reviews. And you can help drive the book to the top of the bestseller list by ordering On the Verge from Amazon right now. Our goal is to distribute 25,000 copies before the official release date. By placing your order for On the Verge right now, you'll help us beat that number. We need every listener to go to Amazon.com and order On the Verge as quickly as you can. And while you're at Amazon, order first edition gift copies of On the Verge for friends and family because they won't last long. On the Verge, on sale now at Amazon.com. That's On the Verge at Amazon.com. I owed the IRS $10,000. The IRS garnished my wages. They put a lien on my house. The IRS is the most powerful collection agency in the world. They do not give up until you pay. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions Now, and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions Now, and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions Now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. Tax Solutions Now can get you help. Our agents know the rules can stop the pain and get you the best deal. We connect you with a team of former IRS agents and tax professionals who will get the IRS off your back. We saved our home and overcame the most powerful collection agency in the world. Call Tax Solutions now. Time is running out. Call 800-987-0577. 800-987-0577. 800-987-0577. 800-987-0577. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to mooch off your friends. You going to finish that grape? You mean the one in my mouth? You don't need to stop buying the necessities. What you're smelling is a natural musk. Ew. You don't need to be a medical test subject. How do you feel? 
mostly okay. I... <laughs> Sometimes, though. You don't need to get a second job as a stuntman. We need a new stuntman! Let's break for lunch. You just need an internet connection. Don't get left behind. Start your personal savings plan with the tips and tools on feedthepig.org. That way, you don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. All right, deal. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Hey, America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. we got extra food and we've got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America on your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and if you're just joining us, we have been speaking with America's 42nd vice president and former senator from Minnesota, Walter Mondale. I mentioned earlier that many historians are comparing Mondale's partnership with President Carter to Pence's relationship with President Trump. Not in terms of ideology, policies, or agenda, of course, but in terms of the challenges they face in getting their own party's cooperation in Congress. President Carter's fiscal austerity and energy conservation programs were not popular with his own Democrats on the Hill, who at that time expected their Democratic president to expand social programs, not cut them. This was a time when the Democrats in Congress and Carter were at tremendous odds, and Carter faced the same difficulties getting his party to support the initiatives which the American uh, public had elected him to carry out. And it all started and ended with getting the federal budget under control, which meant no Johnson's Great Society programs that Congress wanted. Now, prior to Carter Mondale, the vice president of the United States was more of a figurehead in a standby position than an extension of the president. The fact is, vice presidents didn't even have an office in the West Wing. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? And they didn't meet regularly with the president or have any real responsibilities. But President Carter saw great value in his partnership with Mondale. In much the same way, President Trump values the unique diplomatic skills and government experience that Pence has brought to the table. In this way, Mondale redefined the role of vice president by becoming a key member of the president's inner circle and a vital contributor to getting Carter's initiatives through Congress. Mondale also assumed center stage when it came to foreign policy, often traveling abroad to meet with the heads of foreign countries on behalf of the president. And this was also a new thing. And there are other similarities between Mondale and Pence. Neither were carbon copies of the president, not in ideology, in style, or in any other way. Though Mondale shared many of the same values as Carter, he struggled with Carter's fiscal austerity program. And he was vocal about it. He had an opportunity to discuss his concerns and his disagreements with his commander in chief. But when all was said and done, he carried out Carter's wishes as good subordinates are expected to do once they've aired their opinions. Similarly, uh, I do not believe anyone would accuse Pence of being a carbon copy of President Trump, nor do I believe anyone would question the loyalty Pence has toward the president. Trump and Pence work as a team. With Pence playing a very active role in advising the president, troubleshooting when necessary, garnering congressional support, and representing the president abroad. In this way, Mondale and Pence share a great deal of similarity. 
Not surprisingly, Mondale's experience with trying to get reforms and change through Congress at a time when his own party was divided caused him to come forward after Trump's inauguration and say that Democrats needed to give the new president a chance. The election was over. America had a new commander in chief. And Mondale's hope was that Democrats would work out their differences and get back to work. Since the beginning of the year, however, Mondale's opinion of of President Trump has begun to shift, indicating perhaps that the give him a chance period is coming to an end. Though many folks may not realize that this country owes a debt of gratitude to Vice President Mondale for reshaping the role of of the vice president so that a Trump-Pence team was even possible. Every visionary, every leader, and president and CEO needs a trustworthy, competent lieutenant to help them carry out their mission. And Mondale paved the way for vice presidents to become a critical part of the president's decisions, reforms, and policies. It is likely that the Pence-Trump partnership will further expand the role of the vice president, depending, of course, on Pence's aptitude for leading and not following. Which brings me to my last and final point. There's no question whether the job of being the leader of the free world is a complex one, a job best run by a team. It takes time for any team to find their groove and work as one, but similar to Carter and Mondale, we are beginning to see signs that the new Trump administration is not only finding their footing, the Pence-Trump relationship is stable and also a strong one on which the American people can depend. From this perspective, Democratic leaders would do well to take Mondale's sage advice immediately following Trump's inauguration and give the president a chance to accomplish what citizens of the United States elected him to do. After all, He was also elected by Democratic voters who wanted real change in Washington. And it will be awfully hard for Democrats to earn these voters back by denying them their wishes. Instead, the Democratic Party needs to learn from what voters have expressed and craft a message which resonates with what the person on Main Street feels, experiences, and cares about. It seems to me blockading the new president will not be nearly as useful as offering better solutions which address the real concerns of everyday Americans and voters. And that's how I see it. Now, much of what we have been talking about today has been the importance of selecting the right person for the job. Whether that job is in government or an entry-level position in a small company We're all familiar with what happens when we settle for an individual who does not have the experience or qualifications that are needed. Filling a job with an underqualified person is often far worse than getting by with too few people. And that is where ZipRecruiter comes in. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. Then powerful technology matches the right person to that job. And everyone knows that that if there's a way to post a job one time and have it appear on 100 job sites, how much time that's going to save and how much you increase the odds of locating that perfect person for your opening. This is why ZipRecruiter is different and used by thousands of businesses, small and large. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It goes out and finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter locate a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Imagine that, just one day. So ZipRecruiter is not only thorough, it's also fast. No more juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. It won't cost you one red cent. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rebecca. R-E-B-E-C-C-A. 
That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Rebecca. One more time to try it for free to post your job one time and have it show up on a 100 job sites. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Rebecca. And that pretty much wraps up our first hour. If your station is leaving us after this first hour, you're going to want to mark your calendars. My guest next week is three-term congressman from Maryland, who is the first, the very first to declare that he is running for the 2020 Democratic nomination for the President of the United States. Representative John Delaney will be in the House. He is starting his campaign early, folks, and he's going to start it right here on our program. And I don't want you to miss what John Delaney has to say about why he is the most qualified individual to run for president of the United States. And, you know, here's the thing. Maybe starting early is the way to win. You know, I I, I always, I, I, I don't like these long election seasons. Don't get me wrong. I don't like that they start campaigning two years before and we all get election fatigue. But I'll tell you what, if you have a complicated message and you want to get a lot of details about the specific programs that you're advocating out there, it takes time for people to read and get educated on what you stand for. And if you're not a well-known personality, which I don't believe John Delaney is in particular, I believe that maybe getting started, getting information about the unique programs you have Get maybe getting it out there early is the right way to go. We're going to find out next week. Don't miss John Delaney next week right here on the only news program that puts policy ahead of politics. You're listening to the Costa Report. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.